And so, our gathering here by the comfort of a winter fire, by the lights of the Christmas tree, is all about solace and what it means to us. And without even mentioning the P or the C words that have dominated this year, it has been a strange year of trouble and grief. So what's got us through it? And where, in the midst of only virtual hugs and takeaway pints, have we found our joy? But given that it's our way and it's our want, and if you've been with Pantosocracy from before this, you'll know what's coming next. I am going to get things started with a few words of my own. I have a dog and a cat. The dog, Penny, is a 13-year-old Jack Russell with dodgy hips, a little late life weight, and a snore that at some point along the way went from annoying to reassuring. She's been with me for 12 years. She was a rescue who didn't have a good start in life. <clears throat> and when we first got together, she was basically a ball of defense mechanisms held together by fur and sinew. And it took years for her to settle into her skin. But her bad start left a permanent mark in character traits that I quietly admire in her. She's quirky, timid, but she's also stoically aloof, regally disinterested. She likes me, we have our thing, but you? No, she has no interest in you or your life or what you do for a living or your needy attempts to pet her or your pathetic attempts to ingratiate yourself with her by offering treats that she never even asked for. Your obsequious platitudes will be met by a steady gaze that says, you're blocking my view of the telly. God, I love her. She's everything I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> the cat, however, couldn't be more different. Crayon, for that's his name, is an absolute whore for attention. And he's a demanding whore, wanting the attention and wanting it always on his terms, when and where and how he likes it. While Penny is esoteric, cerebral, always in her head, the cat is utterly carnal and completely of the flesh. They shouldn't get on, but they do. Penny's occasional half-hearted gruff, notwithstanding. Crayon throws himself onto you, pushing himself into you, kneading, curling, stretching, rolling on and over you without the slightest inhibition or remotest concern for what you may be doing at the time. He delights in his selfishness. I may think that I'm busy doing important work on the laptop, but he knows I'm doing nothing of any importance and neglecting the only thing that matters, his desire for carnal pleasure. And he'll tell me so by slinking low across my keyboard and determinedly pushing his warm, adorable head into my palms to remind me of, his, of my only purpose in life. At 4 a.m., I'm woken by two hot little paws and ten sharp little needles insistently kneading the exposed flesh of my neck and a loud, rumbling, rolling purr that can't possibly be made in that sleek little throat without demonic assistance. And I open my eyes to see an impossibly cute face pressed up to my nose in the dark, demanding I wake up because he has his needs. I should probably feel abused, used, but I don't. I choose to feel needed, wanted, and I admire his total commitment to pleasure and the flesh, unburdened by any hint of Catholic guilt. He's absolutely shameless, and I want to be shameless. God, I love him. He's absolutely everything I want to be when I grow up. During the first lockdown, I took great solace in Penny. The situation was worrying. I make my living from two sectors that weren't just affected by COVID, they were simply ended by COVID. 
The bar I'd poured my heart and soul into for 13 years, my other home, was shuttered and sat there dark, empty, silent, gathering dust. And my shows, performing, the things that give me life, well, there were no shows. Shows need audiences, and audiences were ended. The things that gave my life shape and purpose, the things that gave it a rhythm, were ended, out of the blue, overnight, without warning, by an invisible foe, so new it had the word novel in its name. And all of it completely outside of my control, a bystander gawking at my own implosion. And the sound of that implosion reverberated off a memory imprinted quite literally on my own cells. This wasn't my first epidemic. But I took solace in Penny. She was my spirit guide, my lockdown spirit animal. We took long walks on which I took the lead, but otherwise I followed hers and rose above it. I baked, I made wigs, I organized the feckin' wardrobe finally. I watched series I'd always meant to watch but never had the time. Now I had the time and I filled it and rose above the continuous gnawing background hum of worry about the bar, the mortgage, the future. Like Penny, I took an attitude of regal aloofness, a studied disinterest towards this microscopic invader, this thing that would soon be over. Penny and I strolled in the spring sunshine, and when we had to look at this novel virus, we fixed it with a steady gaze and said, you're blocking my view of the telly. But it wasn't over soon. It lingered and lasted long enough to lose the moniker novel. Lockdown ended, but... It didn't feel like that to me. There was still nothing for me to go back to. My old life was still shuttered, still empty, still silent. No bars, no stages, no audiences. And no end. No light at the end of the tunnel. And the longer the tunnel stretched out before me, the harder it became to be penny. The harder it became to remain regally aloof. The constant hum of worry grew louder and more insistent, and I struggled more and more with the feeling that it was all completely and utterly beyond my control. I was bobbing about in the broiling water, completely useless, while the Titanic, holed by an iceberg so small it was invisible to the naked eye, sank slowly before my eyes with Dr. Tony Holan holding his daily briefing on its deck. And for a while, during the second lockdown, I couldn't rise above it anymore. I sank. I sank into my bed and I stayed there. I didn't get up again for a while. I mostly slept. But two warm little paws and ten little needles kneading my neck woke me up. Crayon pushing his head in under my chin, rubbing hard, curling into my heat, stretching his soft furry legs across my face and his rumbling purr as insistent as any worry luxuriating in his little body, embracing pleasure, totally and utterly in the moment, completely in the now. Crayon has no future, only a present, and he is always totally present in his present. Penny is complicated, but Crayon, Crayon is a man of simple pleasures. And in second lockdown, I needed simple pleasures. Crayon would be my second lockdown spirit animal, and I took great solace in crayon. I got out of bed and made pancakes and ate them with a sinful amount of maple syrup and then shoved a few squares of dairy milk into a bit of French bread and sat on the sofa between the cat and the dog and watched Princess Diana get done over by and in the crown.
and there was nothing blocking our view of the telly. Thank you.